Welcome to Ronnie Phillips Podcast. This message is made possible by the partners of Abba's House Media. Help us continue to share this message around the world about how to live free and fully alive. Visit abbashouse.com slash partner to learn more. And before you leave, be sure and subscribe to Pastor Ronnie's YouTube channel. Now, here's Pastor Ronnie Phillips. Lord spoke to me Tuesday night about a friend of mine, really a big sister to me in the ministry since I was a teenager. Um, she's one of the most humble people you ever meet. This introduction will make her uncomfortable, but um, I probably wouldn't be here uh, without Julie Watson. She's believed in me when not many did and gave me opportunities to preach to 500, 800 kids early in my 20s. and. She's forgotten about this, but the first time I ever spoke, I was in high school, and it was, it was her invitation. Uh, she had me preach to an FCA group in Georgia, and I remember, because I preached knocking on heaven's door, because I was listening to Guns N' Roses, and I preached on heaven. And uh, we had four people saved. And, uh, but Julie's, amen. Um, Julie's been a, an example to me, a friend she's had some tough times. God's brought her through cancer this year, and uh, God gave her a yes, amen. And, um, but he gave her, she needs another yes tomorrow. She'll be having a biopsy, but I asked her to share with you about a yes she received over six years ago, and I believe it's gonna build your faith and prepare your heart for my message today. Would you please welcome Julie Watson. super honored to be here. Um, I'm honored to be here just because I do love Ronnie and um, he's been a blessing in my life. And um, But I'm honored because I want to tell God's story today. This is his story. It's not mine. It's his. Um, I was going, my husband's on call. He's in the back, but I was going to say if he has to walk out, he's not mad at anything I'm saying. Um, at this moment anyway um, but he's on call and we're just praying that God will let him stay here while I give my testimony but um, I met him right here at Abba's house um, in 2003 we were both in the book and we were both single and um, I would have to come off stage and go around to the other side and then come back and go to the other side. And he was doing dry ice and he was in the middle. He saw me, I was gorgeous, and we fell in love. Um, he was 35 and I was 34 when we first got married. And, um, and we, um, but first year we just wanted to be together. We, weren't, we knew we were older, but we just wanted to be together. And um, so shortly after that, we started um, trying to have children. And um, it just wasn't happening for us. And we did some fertility, and um, that didn't work either. And so um, we just believed that we were going to do adoption. And I had prayed scripture to meet Joe. I had prayed scripture about being married because I wanted to be married. 
And so I knew that God's word, Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which it please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it. So I began, we were having a fast. Brother Ron had called a fast here at the church. And I began fasting and praying these scripture morning and night like a medicine. Letting that word just get down in my spirit. And I believe we were going to, God was going to lead us to adoption. And um, one morning while I was praying during the fast, um, a, a thought came to my mind of my doctor the year before that had said there's a new fertility clinic in town. And I said, Dr. McClellan, we're not doing that. We've, we've already went down that road. We're just going to believe for adoption. But that voice was so strong in my head. I called my friend Kelly. She's here this morning. And I said, why would that come to me? And she said, I told you I had a dream. You're going to have a baby. And even though I was praying that scripture, the what ifs began to come. And I call those the seeds of doubt. The what if. What if, what if you try and it doesn't happen again? What if this? What if that? You know, and if you start listening to those what ifs, you start letting that, those seeds of doubt. The Bible says you reap what you sow. You're going to reap doubt. And so finally, uh, Kelly said, just call the doctor. I said, you know, we, we're going on vacation tomorrow. They would have to see me tomorrow or within the next two weeks. And she said, just call. So I called, and the lady said, we just had a cancellation about an hour ago for tomorrow. I said, you did? She said, yeah, you can come tomorrow. My husband couldn't go because he was, we were going on vacation. He couldn't get off work. So I went by myself. And I went back to the doctor. And he said, um, well, let's see, you're overweight. You've got polycystic ovarian syndrome. You've got this, you've got that. Um, you've probably got about a 12% chance of having a baby. He said, and if we go in and we do the examination and you only have about 10 eggs, he said, I won't even do it. He said, you're 40 years old. He said, there's just no point. I won't waste your money. So we went into the examination and um, I said, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? He said, this is unreal. He said, I see 20 eggs in there. A woman your age should not have 20 eggs. This is unreal. So we began the fertility process. I continue to pray the word morning and night, anoint myself with healing oil. And we told no one except for Kelly and my sister. We just began to pray. And on a, the Sunday morning before we were to have the procedure on Monday, Brother Ron was preaching on the healing um, and on the prayer shawl. And church was over. He was about to pray the prayer to dismiss everybody and he said wait stop there's somebody in this room that God has told you you can't have a baby he said get on this stage I promise you my husband's arm was about broken half because I dragged him brother Ron no one in this building even knew we were having that procedure and as brother Ron laid that shawl over us the Holy Spirit said yes to me he said, I have got you in this. I have got you. You don't worry tomorrow. I have got you. So I went into the procedure the next day, and I had my 
scriptures. I still have them. I'm saving them. But I had my scriptures. And um, one of them is, I love this one. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. And I had my scriptures in my hand. And my doctor said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to pray while you're doing this procedure. He said, oh, okay. So I just laid there. I just prayed while he was doing the whole thing. So then he come back and he said, now in 10 days, you take a test. And if you're pregnant, you call us. And if you're not, then you can call us and we can, you know, see what you want to do next. I said, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pregnant. And he said, okay, just call us in 10 days. So, um, you know, they have those early tests. Well, Kelly and my sister begging me to go do an early test. I said, no, I'm still praying. The doctor said 10 days. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, wait, wait. Go. They beg, beg. So I go get the test. I take it. Nothing shows up. So I close my eyes. And I said, God, it's early. And I know you're right on time. So I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to trust you in this because you told me in your word that I'm going to be a joyful mother of children. And when I opened my eyes, a little pink line started coming in. Coming in slow. Coming in slow. So my friend Kelly's had four kids. So I call her. I said, get over here. You've seen these before. Is this, I, I need you to look at this thing. So then I call my sister. My sister, she doesn't live around here. She said, take a picture, take a picture, send it to me. You know, it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And in August the 24th of 2010, my precious miracle, Will Watson. Stand up, baby. God said, yes. God said, yes. He said, yes. Yes. Thank him. Praise him. Give him all the praise. Give God glory. Give him glory. Thank you, Jesus. You know, and we're, we're not done. We're not done. God's still working on me. And he's still in 2016. We heard the C word that nobody ever wants to hear. But you know what I did? I got my scriptures right on back out. They're on my phone this time. And I'm praying them like a medicine. We've been through two rounds of chemo. My PET scan just came back clear, except for what Brother Ronnie said. There's one spot that he said he doesn't think's cancer, but we're going to do a biopsy tomorrow. But when I get in there tomorrow, it's going to be clear. It's going to be clear. The Bible says that our healing was done on the cross that by stripes we were healed it was already done we already have that power and authority he's given us this is what he's taught me this time he has given us power and authority we are seated at the right hand with him we have that authority we just have to walk in it and you know the what ifs they can come but i'm not going to sow the what if i'm going to sow god's word and here's what i want to share with some of you today and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. But you, you have that authority. God has given it to you. It's just like the power company. The power company has power. And when you pay the bill 
and you go in your house, you don't call them and ask them if you can turn on the light. The bill has already been paid. The bill has already been paid for you. You don't have to call anybody. You don't have to ask. Jesus said, I did it on the cross. You have the power. All you have to do is walk in it. So today, after Ronnie's message, I pray that you will just walk in the power that God has given you and know that he says yes and his word, it does not, it does not return void. I'll tell you one thing. We don't need to be ashamed of the power of God in this place or his healing power or what he's done in the past. We need to be proud of the fact that God heals in this place and that God still moves and that he says yes. Oh, I just feel like worshiping him today. I tell you, we went over to probably the most contemporary church in our city this week just to discuss strategy on how to reach people, different generations, and, and this church is known for being contemporary, but our whole staff fell under conviction when we got in that brainstorming session, when Tavner Smith said, we don't really know what we're doing, but we pray in the Spirit every day together for God to move. And I'm telling you, if we'll pray and we'll believe that God will move, He will move. Somebody shout yes. Let's worship him. Receive, receive from him right now. Receive from him. Holy Spirit has already messed up the order today. He's messed up this message today, but he is free to mess it up whenever he wants to. So we're just gonna roll with it, amen, and do what God says. I'm gonna preach the second half of this message next week mess up the pulpit schedule uh, so I'm going to do just what God wants me to do from my preparation today somebody say amen hallelujah hallelujah receive from the Lord amen receive from the Lord hallelujah we are in the series the voice and we celebrate the fact today that God says yes God's voice leaves a lasting impression on your soul once you've heard it once you've heard from God, your life will never, ever, ever be the same. In Hebrews, God speaks to the general assembly with angels nearby, and it says he judges all and that he releases a new covenant into the atmosphere and that this new covenant of grace speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And it says in verse 25 of chapter 12, do not refuse him who speaks. Somebody say amen. Do not refuse him who speaks. God is speaking to us in this day and age. We just have to listen. And I believe God is saying to us yes today. Everybody shout yes. yes. We're going to keep coming back to that throughout this entire message. But God is speaking yes today. Your yes is in the atmosphere today. Just grab hold of it. Some of you already have. Amen. Chains have already fallen off, some of you. God has already done the miracle in some of you. And for the rest of you, he's going to do it before you leave here today. 
How many of you feel like God keeps telling you no? Some of you, you are theologically educated on no. Many of you are thinking, before I even get through my introduction of what God wants to release today, you're already thinking, but Pastor Ronnie, God also says no. I'm well aware of that. But we're going to celebrate the yes the next two weeks because he also says yes. And I believe that there is a yes in store for many of you today. I believe that when we look in the Word of God, we will find many instances over the course of the next two weeks where God shouts yes. I believe God wants to bless you today. Just like young Samuel, if you'll say, Speak, Lord, your servant hears, I believe God will speak yes into your spirit today. So let us begin with when and where and why God says yes. Why does God say yes? And when does God say yes? God says yes, number one, when we are in alignment with Him. When we are in alignment with Him. John 14, beginning with verse 13, says this, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Everybody say anything. Everybody say yes. God says anything you ask, I will do it. In Eugene's Patterson's translation in the message version of the Bible, this is how they put it. Whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. When you request things along the lines of who God is and what he is doing, everybody say his will. He will do it. Jesus will do anything that agrees with who he is and what he is doing. If anything outside of that is made mention, Jesus will not do it. Jesus will not do anything that contradicts his character. If you are asking God for something that contradicts his plan or his character, he will not do it. You will never figure this out in this dimension. You can get three degrees, you can get a doctorate, you can get a PhD, you can learn Hebrew and Greek, but you will never completely understand God's plan or his will on this side of heaven. So you have to trust God in the season that you are in and you have to believe God for a yes. 1 John chapter 5 says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. God says yes when we are in alignment with his plan. Number two, God says yes when we are in love with him. God says yes not only when we are in alignment with him, God says yes when we are in love with him. Our text today is 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, please turn there, beginning with verse 2. But while you're turning there, I want to tell you that there are times in the supernatural and in, the, in atmospheres where we are worshiping or we are praying and the spirit of intercession is so heavy on us as we are doing business with God that he comes through our dimension and he performs miracles for those who can grab their yes. God is still in 
the life-saving, miracle-working business. God didn't cease with the apostles. He is and was and is to come. Amen? God's love never fails, and He has always been who He said He was, and He always will be who He is. So all we have to do is grab hold of that debt that's been paid, that price that was paid, and shout yes and grab our yes when we need God to move in a powerful, powerful way. God moves when we are in alignment with Him, but also when we are in love with Him. You see... First, we must accept God. Acceptance is salvation. Alignment is motivation. Agreement is determination. And access into the Holy of Holies is sanctification. These are all things that you must walk through if you're going to receive your yes. You've got to accept Him. Then you have to align your life with Him. Then you have to agree with what He agrees with and walk in agreement with the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then you'll gain access into the Holy of Holies and the Spirit will be poured out on your life and you will walk sanctified, not holier than thou, not better than everybody, but with the Spirit of the Lord in you and epi upon you so that you can walk in miracle-working power and you can believe God for those kinds of things. You must love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. God is not a slot machine. He is not an ATM machine. You must have an authentic, intimate relationship with Him that involves weeping. It involves your heart, not just your mind. You must have an authentic relationship with God. Love is obedience. How do you know if you love God? How do I know if you love God? How do you know if I love God? Are you obeying His Word? If you love me, it says, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. See, some of you are looking for an excuse to quit on God. You're looking for an excuse to quit on God because you've asked things that don't agree with who he is, that aren't in alignment with his plan or his will, and you've lost faith in God. You don't trust God, and so now you're bitter at God, and you have chosen not to obey his word because you feel like he has let you down when he is trying to lift you up. He hasn't let you down. He's trying to lift you up. God thinks about things eternally. He thinks about things eternally. While we are in extreme mourning over the loss of this young man in the Saudi Daisy community and the, the, the loss of so many in our church within the last few months and the diagnosis that we've re received and heard we're in mourning and we're praying and we're grabbing our yes this morning. But many folks want to use these earthly things as a reason to give up on God. The reality is he thinks about things eternally. This isn't the end. This is just a vapor. This is just a glimpse. We have an eternity in glory to rule and reign with God. And so whatever misfortunes you've had on this earth, do you understand those are temporary? And you're just on an interview for some crowns, amen? Crown of glory, crown of righteousness, a martyr's crown. There are things that God wants to bestow on you in his realm. But many of us live for this realm. And we're mad and we're frustrated. And as I told you last week, Christians process things, good, positive things as supernatural favor. God blessed me. God rewarded me. And we process negative information as God is testing me. God is mad at me. God hates me. God's punishing me. And sometimes the goal is peace. 
to let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart so that we don't, aren't defined by our circumstances. We live above them. We live above them. There's an interesting story in the Word of God about Hannah. And this is what made me contact Julie because I believe this is exactly where we need to land this morning. And this is where I'm going to land this morning. Now there was a certain man of the mountains of Ephraim and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroboam. And he had two wives. Now that's a controversial thing there. Listen, I'm having trouble with one wife, amen? Just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God's plan from Genesis was one man and one woman, but just like many things in the Word of God and in culture, we've messed up His plan on more than one occasion. And in this culture, you could have multiple wives. And He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. She had a lot of kids. Hannah had no kids. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. I want to stop right there and say... Sometimes God loves people that we don't love. Sometimes God chooses to give a double portion to those who haven't produced what they thought they should produce. Sometimes God chooses to give more to the one who has produced less. Now that doesn't work with religion, but that's who... The Alpha and the Omega is at the core of his character. It says a double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. See, some of you feel closed off and neglected and rejected and abandoned. You feel like God has turned his back on you and you want to quit. But God says stay in alignment and in love with me. And he gave her a double portion. And her rival, the sister wife, also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Now this sounds like church folk, don't it? Two people of the same DNA, of the same faith, and one wife is provoking and criticizing Hannah, the barren wife. You see, sometimes those who think they're more spiritual because they have more are really walking with less and really don't have the right perspective of God. And so they would go up to Shiloh to worship and this is supposed to be a spiritual thing. This wasn't like now where there's a church on every corner. I mean, when people would worship, they would, they would plan on spending days on end to go worship and to hear from God and to offer their sacrifices and all of those kinds of things. And during this spiritual encounter, 
Penina is provoking Hannah, making fun of her because she can't have a baby. So it was year by year. So this wasn't a one-time thing. Year by year, Penina would provoke Hannah, would make fun of her, would rub the fact that she had all these children in her face, would stick her nose up at Hannah. God loved Hannah. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I believe God speaks through Elkanah there. We are so comfortable in our misery and in our illness and in our dysfunction and in our story that we rarely choose to walk in alignment with God. We've gotten used to telling people how mom abandoned me, how daddy abandoned me, and how this one mistreated me, and how I was born in poverty, or how I lost this family member. And, and you know, I want to be honest with you today. I'm a merciful, loving pastor. That's just who God made me to be. But I would be lying to you this morning if I wasn't honest with you about the fact that sometimes I believe God just wants you to shut up and realize that there's an eternal perspective that is bigger than me and it's bigger than you and he's tired of hearing the same old song and dance as an excuse not to be who God called you to be. We all have an excuse not to be who God called us to be, not to serve him, not to love him, not to be serious about the things of God. Every person in here has a story. Every person in here has had unfair circumstances and things that have happened to them. Some of you are walking through difficulty right now, but you've made a decision to choose to love God and continue to go to the temple year after year. No matter who's provoked you or who's hurt you, no matter what the doctor said, you've chosen to stay faithful over a few things things. And I believe God's going to say yes to those of you who have been faithful over a few things. Somebody shout yes. yes. So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts. Now I love Hannah here because even though this Penina had provoked her year after year, she chose to stay faithful. She chose to stay in a spirit of intercession. She chose to believe God for her miracle. She chose to grab hold of her yes. Now I want to be honest with you this morning. If you provoke me year after year, I'm just not there yet. I'd have to deal with it the Saudi Daisy way. If you provoke me year after year, eventually I'm going to bring that to an ending one way or the other. But Hannah stayed faithful. She stayed in alignment. She stayed in love with God. She stayed in intimacy with God. She stayed faithful and she made a vow. My mother reminded me this morning she prayed this prayer because 
she'd had two girls, my sisters. Of course she needed me. I mean, come on. And she wanted to have a little boy. I was uh, answered a prayer to her in an accident to dad. The truth somewhere in the middle, okay? Hallelujah. But she prayed. She wanted a little boy, and she prayed this prayer. And so many others have prayed this prayer. And I believe God's going to open some wounds today. For those of you who are willing to grab hold of this and shout, Yes, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall come upon his head. She said, Lord, I will dedicate this child to you in your temple. I will give this child to you. And the Lord answered. And the Lord heard. And the Lord said yes. The Lord said yes. And Samuel, which means the Lord heard would be born. He would be a part of choosing David as a king. and The son of David would come as the fulfillment of every Hebrew prophecy and die on a cross for our sins so that we might be saved and filled. But you have to go back in history to realize that there was a Hannah that said, I choose to grab hold of my yes. I choose to shout yes. I choose to believe God in the midst of struggle. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. She was praying, but no words were coming out of her mouth. She was praying, but no words were coming out of her mouth. Now you can preach this any way you want to, but I see this woman overcome with the Spirit of God and is in such agony praying to God for a miracle that she can't even pray words. In the New Covenant, we called that being filled with the Holy Ghost. And she can't pray. So her mouth's moving, but no words. But Eli watches her mouth, and he hears her prayers, and he sees what she is saying and what she is needing, and he recognizes that there's a yes coming for her. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine or intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. See, sometimes when you really get desperate, you don't really care what people think, not even me or Pastor Ron or anyone. When you get desperate enough, you won't worry about how loud you weep. You won't worry about how loud you cry. You won't worry about running to an altar. You won't worry about moving by faith. When you get desperate enough, and that's where I want to land this plane, God says yes when we are desperate for destiny. God says yes when we are desperate for destiny. Hannah was desperate for destiny. She was desperate for a yes. Hannah means in Hebrew, God's favor. Panana means precious stone, beautiful but cold. Elkanah means owned by God. And Samuel means God heard. She never stopped believing God 
for her, yes. Listen to what it says. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel will grant your petition, which you have asked of him. I want to tell you this morning that I believe with all of my heart that God is saying yes to you this morning. I believe with all my heart that God wants to use you. But you have got to break free from telling the same old sad story and start believing God for a yes. What do you need a yes for this morning? Maybe you need a yes in the area of healing. Maybe you need a yes for emotional healing, physical healing, mental healing. Maybe you need a yes for your diagnosis. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe God has closed your womb. You see here in Scripture that He can open your womb. God can do it in a supernatural way if you will trust God with the small things. Trust God. Listen, whenever the enemy says no, God shouts yes. Whenever people say no and it's in accordance with his will and his purpose and his plan, God shouts yes. It doesn't matter how many times you've been hurt, provoked, picked on, cast aside. God says yes. The interesting thing about Hannah was she never gave up on God. She never gave up on God. And she never allowed the character and the judgment of others to change her into something God never intended for her to be. And she kept her vow to God. She kept her word to God. When that child was born, she brought the child to the priest, dedicated him, and he was raised there to become a mighty prophet of God. And history and humanity was changed because a mama believed God. And I believe if we will believe God for our yes this morning, that he will do supernatural exploits in our midst. God loves you, but you've got to love him. You've got to walk in alignment with him. You've got to be madly in love with him. What does that mean? That's not religion, friend. That's not the same old, same old. You can have every strategy every program. But if you're not passionate about God and His character and who He is, you will miss your yes. You will miss your yes because here's some revelation for you. <laughs> if, if you're walking in intimacy with God, you'll forget about the answer, yes because you'll be so in love with him. The yes is a byproduct of intimacy with him. If your agenda is yes, you may never get there, but if your agenda is Christ, you'll get there. It's just like when someone's struggling in the area of sin, and this is what you deal with particularly in evangelical churches, is people are raised and they hear about the things of God and they hear about the do's and don'ts of the gospel and they hear these things and as they're coming through their teenage years or their early 20s and bad things begin to happen, circumstances beyond their control, things begin to happen. 
And they begin to make mistakes. And some of it people would consider a part of growing up. Some of it are just sins that they committed and they knew they were sins. And, and they start to walk out of God's purpose and His will for their life. And, and then because of religion, somewhere along the way, people are convinced that they'll never be good enough. And so people come here and they're going to be coming more and more in the days ahead. And they come here with this list of wrongs that they do. They come in with this heavy burden of guilt on their backs. And they're miserable. They're hurting. They're broken. And they come in with their list and they, they get touched by God or they pray a prayer or they try to grab their yes. And they, their list is so long that they start working on their list. And the whole time they're working on their list, they've turned their back on God. Because their focus is on the list. Their focus is on what they do that's wrong. It's not on Jesus. And as long as you live that life, you're going to live a miserable, religious, hypocritical life. Because your focus is on the list, not on Jesus Christ. Your focus must be on Him. Your focus must be on Him. And Hannah in this story, her focus was on God. And He gave her a yes. But I challenge you, if you'll make Jesus the Lord of your life and you'll put him first and you'll worship him in spirit and truth and you'll cry out to him and you'll believe God for a yes, then after a few months, your list of 10 will go down to eight. And after about a year, that list of eight will go down to six. And then after three or four years, that list is going to get down to four. And then eventually it'll get down to two. And if we're being honest, everybody's got one thing on the list. And that's why the focus has to be on Jesus Christ. And he'll clean up your mess. He'll clean up your list. And he'll give you a yes. Somebody shout yes. God will give you your yes. Everybody stand on your feet. We're going to worship this morning. I'm going to have Julie come down here front and center today. Then I'm going to have the rest of the staff go ahead and face out. I believe God's spirit was here when we got here. It was here and it was present in worship. But I believe with all of my heart there's some folks in the room that you feel like God has turned his back on you and you need healing. And there's some women in here that God's told you you could have a baby. But you've allowed the devil to whisper no when you should have been grabbing your yes. So I want to challenge you to grab your yes this morning. Grab your yes this morning. If you're a female and you want to have a child, I don't care what they've said, I want you to come in just a moment when we start the worship, have Julie pray for you. If you need Jesus Christ and you've spent your life focused on a list of do's and don'ts and not on Jesus and you want to accept him, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Y'all pray it with me out loud. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. If you prayed that prayer in just a moment, you ought to run down to one of these pastors and say, I accepted Jesus Christ. I need to connect with this church. I need to be a part of a family. I need to make the temple. I need to make the Shiloh of Hickson home and commit my family into worshiping God on a regular basis. I want to join this church. I want to join this fellowship. Some of you, 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 you've already had babies, but you've got a diagnosis, and the devil said, no, you're done. You're never going to make it. The doctors don't have a cure. But God's saying yes. God's saying yes. 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 I'm going to ask you to grab your yes this morning. Grab your yes. Everybody raise your hands this morning up in the air. 
Heavenly Father, I shout yes because many times you've said yes. And I celebrate your yes this morning. Lord, draw the sick unto you and the lost. Heal wounds this morning. Heal bodies this morning. Heal minds. Lord, do what only you can do. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor Ronnie's message. Connect with us at abbashouse.com or ronniephillips.org. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If it has, please subscribe to our podcast. You can invest in helping others live free and fully alive by giving at abbashouse.com give. Thanks for listening.